Despite a single, strong, collaborative, and unified voice across different professional medical societies that all call for evidence-based practice, I think it's interesting and kind of odd that some things that we do in medicine are actually completely opposite that. They're not evidence-based and they're actually out of tradition. One of the things that I thought of regarding this had to do with my recent walk to my mailbox. What the heck does that have to do with anything? Well, I'm going to tell you. Look, all I want to do is go check my mail. That's it. And the last thing I want to do is hear about my female neighbor's gynecological complaints. I mean, really? I don't need to know that. Well, I'm going to check the mail, and my neighbor, who's fantastic, by the way, very nice, comes up to me and says, Hey, Hector, well, you know, I'm a little down because tomorrow is Mother's Day, and I was going to go, and I'd like to have a little mimosa or maybe a little margarita, but I can't because my gynecologist gave me metronidazole for BV. So, on the other hand, one, I didn't want to know that she's taking an antibiotics. It's none of my business. And two, I really didn't care to know that she had BV. But anyway, she continued. So she said, yeah, too bad I'm taking metronidazole because I was told not to take alcohol with it. So, of course, I turned around and said, hey, have your margarita and have your mimosa. That has nothing to do with metronidazole. And she looked at me like I was completely off my rocker. Well, the truth is I'm not off my rocker. <laughs> Well, it depends who you ask. But nonetheless, that is actually tradition and not evidence-based practice. So in this podcast, we're going to cover the metronidazole myth. Can you take alcohol with metronidazole? Well, the answer is yes. Now, should you or something else? Probably not because metronidazole or flagell can make you nauseated and sick to your stomach anyway. So why would you even want to take alcohol with that kind of propensity? But nonetheless, does metronidazole cause a disulfurium-like reaction? Well, despite what we've learned for over 30 years, the answer is no, it doesn't. Mm. Intrigued? Well, listen to the rest of the podcast. Here we go. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Metronidazole is part of a class of medications called nitroimidazoles. These are used primarily for parasitic or anaerobic infections. While most people know metronidazole, you have to remember that tinidazole and secnidazole are also members of the same class, which are nitroimidazoles. Now, I'm going to give you the facts, right? The evidence-based data on metronidazole and alcohol. But I think it's interesting that most package inserts, most PIs for this medication, still include the contraindication for alcohol use when it's dispensed even today. Okay, so here's an informal clinical pearl. I mean, you have to have a great relationship, or you should, with your pharmacy team, your pharmacy staff, right? I mean, on the one hand, they have to trust you that you actually know what you're doing and you're actually writing for the right medication. And two, you have to trust them that they're actually giving out what you're writing. I mean, you just should have a good functional relationship with your pharmacy team. So I've got great friends at various pharmacies all throughout my city. And so I called three of them at three different pharmacy locations. I know I drive them nuts. I mean, they're busy. They're filling up prescriptions. And I hear the person who answered the phone go, hey, man, Chapa's got some weird question about his podcast. Yeah, I know they love that, right? In the middle of their day. But look, they're PharmDs. That's what they're there for, to give out information. And again, they're close friends. 
But, and again, not picking on these three different pharmacies. These are just things people I called. I called Walgreens, I called Rite Aid, and I called CVS. And I said, look, look up real quick your PI, your, your package information, your drug information, when you give out metronidazole and tell me if alcohol is listed as a contraindication. And of course, after they, you know, kind of put up some fight because they were busy, I finally made them do it. But nonetheless... Oh, you know, they were happy to do it. Anyway, Walgreens, Rite Aid, and CVS all had a label contraindication with metronidazole. Here's what Walgreens said. Avoid alcohol in products that have alcohol or polypropylene glycol in them while taking this drug and for at least 72 hours after you take the last dose. Drinking alcohol may cause cramps, upset stomach, headaches, flushing, and severe GI distress. Wow. Does it? Well, where did that come from? Oh, by the way, Rite Aid and CVS had very, very similar issues and very similar wording to Walgreens. Well, how is it that three major pharmacy chains still have that? And I'm telling you that it's not evidence-based. Well, the reason is because it's all tradition. And of course, there's some medical legal issues. But if we get down to the science, there is absolutely no data that shows that metronidazole actually causes a disulfurium-like reaction. Remember that disulfurium was called anabuse. It was a medication that was really given to alcoholics. So when they drank alcohol, they got really sick. It got very nauseated, had GI cramps, and they'd throw up everywhere. So it was a way to force compliance rather than actually working on like cognitive behavioral therapy and a a better program. Uh, So anabuse actually did not work as an anti-alcohol mixture or remedy. Uh, But that issue of disulfurium kind of stuck in there. So let's get into where this history kind of linking metronidazole to disulfurium actually started because there was some very weak data back in the day that's now been undone. But nonetheless, history is hard to change and tradition is strong. That's why these things are still in print. And that's why some physicians really trying to take care of their patients as best they can still give that advice out like my neighbor's gynecologist. So let's get into this disulfurium issue now. Now, I think here's a good spot for us to stop for like 30 seconds and just remember the mechanism of action or the pharmacology of disulfurium. I mean, how did that thing work? How did anabuse work? See, right away, all of you wanted to go to skip this section because of biochemistry, but it's super fast and it's only 30 seconds. Disulfurium or anabuse irreversibly would inhibit a part of alcohol metabolism called alcohol dehydrogenase, or more specifically, it would inhibit aldehyde dehydrogenase. So at therapeutic doses of disulfuram, alcohol consumption would result in increased serum acetaldehyde. This would cause sweating and palpitations and facial flushing and nausea and GI cramps and potentially just nausea and vomiting. Basically, it would give you a hangover like immediately. So it was thought that this would be the the deterrent for people to drink. But of course, if there's a will, there's always a way. And people drank anyway. Mom. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Although it is commonly believed that metronidazole mediates a disulfiram reaction, data have always been contradictory towards this. In 1964, a study stated that metronidazole could be effective for alcoholism based on a study of 53 patients, yeah, that's an N of 53, who had reduced desires to drink and lower tolerances, and they also reported disulfiram-like reactions when they took metronidazole and drank alcohol. Remember, this wasn't double-blinded, it wasn't blinded at all, and it was just an N of 53. Now, none of these patients got sick. They just said, hey, when I took Flagyl, I didn't really feel like drinking anymore. Well, that's just because Flagyl can be have a, a GI irritant effect, but that doesn't mean it's disulfiram-like. Several early studies also seemed to show this similar benefit. However, they were uncontrolled and they had limited patient numbers and follow-up. Remember, we're talking about the 1960s and our demands now for true rigorous scientific study have increased. We've gotten tighter in what kind of studies are published, but it wasn't always that case. It definitely wasn't the case in the 60s. Oh, and let me just stop you right there. No, I wasn't around in the 60s, for heaven's sakes. My goodness, I'm not that old. But I know the data, and no, I'm not going to tell you when I was born or how old I am. But just remember, I'm not old. Actually, the majority of control studies have failed to find any benefit of metronidazole in the treatment of alcoholism, and multiple authors have subsequently reported no disulfiram-like reactions at all. This is because metronidazole likely doesn't have anything to do with the chief enzyme involved in the disulfiram-like reaction. This, of course, is alcohol dehydrogenase. Early in vitro studies, however, did suggest, remember just a suggestion, that metronidazole or its metabolites could inhibit liver alcohol dehydrogenase. But the recent data has actually shown that even if that was the case, it doesn't lead to any increase in toxic metabolites or in any dangerous compounds that could trigger a desulfiram-like reaction. Now, remember, we said at the beginning that there's two other medications in this natrometazole class that really have to do with OBGYN or gynecology specifically. There's tinidazole or tindamax and the newer medication, which is secnitazole. Well, what does their package insert say for these two meds? Well, tinidazole, because it's riding on the coattails of metronidazole, has pretty much the same label information. The package insert for tinidazole also says to avoid alcohol within 72 hours of drug use. But there's no data that supports this, and it's only in there because it's taken it directly from the label of metronidazole, which is its grandfather. And what about secnitazole? Well, per the package labeling, alcohol does not have an interaction with secnitazole or with alcohol dehydrogenase when used together. So it may be concurrently consumed with secnitazole. That's right. Secnitazole actually got some sense and said, alcohol, yeah, knock yourself out, but it's not going to give you any kind of sickness because it doesn't interfere with alcohol dehydrogenase. And that's true. 
Well, as we come to the end of the podcast, I've saved the best for last because I know it's hard to undo something that we've learned or you may have learned because it's been so prevalent over the last, what, 40 to 50 years. But that's why it's important to look up the data and actually understand where things come from. And when I said I left the best for last, because it's even in the CDC information when it talks about BV and trichomoniasis and the treatment of metronidazole or nitromidazoles in general. Here's what the CDC says about the use of nitromidazole, specifically metronidazole, with alcohol. Quote, a review regarding alcohol consumption during metronidazole treatment reported no in vitro studies, animal models, or reports of adverse effects or clinical studies providing convincing evidence of a disulfiram-like interaction between alcohol and metronidazole. What does all that mean? It means there's no data that it does anything with alcohol. It continues, quote, The previous warnings against simultaneous use of alcohol and metronidazole was based on laboratory experiments and individual case histories in which the reported reactions were equally likely to have been caused by alcohol alone or by an adverse effect of metronidazole alone as a GI irritant. Do y'all get that? In other words, alcohol can make you sick, flagyl can make you sick, but the two together, probably not disulfiram. And the last thing it says is, quote, metronidazole does not inhibit acetaldehyde dehydrogenase, as occurs with disulfiram. This is both in vitro and in vivo. Oh, and here's the part that you cannot resist straight from the CDC, because this is literally the... Piece de resistance. Yeah, it is. This is what the CDC says. Quote, refraining from alcohol use while taking metronidazole or tinidazole is unnecessary. End quote. And so my little walk to the mailbox ended up being a five-minute discussion on why the package insert was wrong and I was right. Well, I guess she didn't really care who was right. She was just happy that she could have her mimosa and her margarita on Mother's Day. And this is why we do this, right? Because there's a lot of weird stuff out there and a lot of stuff is out of tradition. So let me be honest and let me tell you what I tell patients regarding metronidazole use and alcohol. I say, look, metronidazole, flagell, or whatever you want to call it, can make you kind of nauseated in and of itself. So if you know that and you're up to taking alcohol, which can also make you nauseated and feel kind of gross, depending on its quantity, well, then knock yourself out. But this whole idea that somehow you're going to get beet red, you're going to get hypotensive, you're going to get palpitations, and you're going to puke your eyes out is probably not true unless you, well, drink too much. As always, we're thankful for you. We're glad that you're part of our podcast family. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.